Father, we thank you for giving your life away. We know that you gave your life away because the Father asked you to. The Father asked you to give your life away for us. And your love for the Father was so great that you said, I will do anything you ask me to do. Even give my life away. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that your grace has broken every chain, that our debt has been paid. We stand here today, people who are free from the debt of sin, you paid the debt, and we praise you for it. Father, before we close this prayer out, there are some things that we just need to bring to you, special things. Father, I just, this morning, I just want to pray for our sister Jane, who couldn't be here today. I want to pray for her sister who has, who has cancer, who has fallen, has been injured, and Jane is traveling to see her. And we just want to pray, Lord, that you'll give her traveling mercies. I just pray, Lord, that you will keep her safe as she travels. And I pray for her sister, Lord. I just pray, Father, for the life-infusing presence of the Spirit of the living God. just touch her body, Father, in accordance with your perfect will, in accordance with your perfect word. Father, I just, I want to pray, I want to pray today for, for my sister Nita. I want to pray, Lord, that you will touch her body as well. I just pray, Lord, that the spirit that dwells in her the same spirit that was that raised Jesus from the dead, that same spirit would bring a healing to her body as well. Thank you, Jesus. And there may be others in this room that I don't know about that have those have needs, Father. And I just pray for each and every person that has a need, whether it be a spiritual need, a physical need a financial need, an emotional need, whatever that might be. Father, may your, the spirit of the living God, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, may it flow through this place today. We're not here because of us. We're not united behind a common cause. We are united by a person. We are united by the Lord Jesus Christ. We are united by the presence of His Spirit. That is what brings us together. It brings us together to worship You, Father. To worship You, Jesus. And we can't do that without the help of the Spirit of the living God. And we thank You for Your presence here today. May You open our hearts to hear Your Word. May we see the radical call to which you have called us, Jesus. You've not called us to be average or normal. You've called us to be 
radical, to be different, to be a part of your kingdom, to follow in your footsteps, to be, become who you are. We are being transformed into the image of his dear son. So Father, let us hear your word today, but let us act on it as well. Father, I pray that as we prepare to take an, an offering and give an opportunity for us to give into your kingdom so that your kingdom may come on earth. And we thank you for the opportunity to give into your kingdom. And we ask that these tithes and offerings would be used to expand your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. We'll see whether I have to use that or not today. <laughs> I may have to. Oh, let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, just thank you for our time that we can look into your word. And we just uh, pray that you will open our hearts and minds to hear what you have to say and not to just nonchalantly disregard it, but to, but to hear it and say, I want to live like that, because that's the way Jesus lived. In Jesus' name, amen. As, as many of you know, and as I've, as I've said on numerous occasions, I, I began um, a journey literally two and a half years ago when I was, I was challenged by something that I, that I heard and that I, that I read, um, to, begin a, to begin to read the Gospels, because I was challenged by the fact that someone said 
someone said to another person, um, this was a, a, a Jewish rabbi who was talking to a Christian man. And he said, um, if you really consider yourself a follower of Jesus, he said, then you would read the words of Jesus all the time. He said, you would read all four Gospels every week. Can you imagine? All four Gospels every week. And, and I was so challenged by that. I, I knew that I, I, wasn't, I wasn't simply, I wasn't going to simply take this, the, um, I thought that the, what the Jewish rabbi said was a bit extreme, um, but, but not the principle of it. You understand what I'm saying? Not the principle of it, but maybe how it, op, how it manifested itself. In other words, the idea of reading the Gospels, all four Gospels every week was, was pretty much impractical, Okay. Because you had 28 chapters in Matthew, six, you know, 16 in Mark, 24 in Luke, and 21 or 22 in, in John. And so you, you put all that together, and, and most of your week is going to be spent reading. And although there's nothing wrong with that, I think Jesus also calls us to be practical and to be industrious and to you know, provide for us and for our families and so forth. But the idea there, the principle of reading the words of Jesus more than I was doing embarked me on a journey to where I would, um, I was going to read one of the Gospels every month. I thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that. And I began to do that. And as a matter of fact, um, while Mary and I were away uh, the last few days, Monday through Friday, uh, I actually... I actually was able to catch up. I was about two weeks behind in my reading, and I was able to, I was able to catch up. And I'm now ready to start the Gospel of John for the seventh or eighth time, uh, the beginning of October. And so, but my my point here is this: is that in in reading the Gospels now, um, you know, almost ten times each, I am continually challenged by the things that Jesus said and how Jesus just he he calls us as his followers to to be radical and when i say radical i'm talking about outside the norm okay to where he calls us to do things that the the average person won't do and and won't be able to do and the reason that the average person won't be able to do it because the average person doesn't have the spirit of god living in them so the things that jesus calls us to do and says that we should do are not things that come automatically they're not things that come just Oh, this will be a piece of cake. This will be easy. I can follow this without a problem. You read what Jesus said and you go, how in the world? Jesus had to mean something else. He just had to mean something else. But he doesn't. He doesn't mean something else. What he says to us is, and what he's telling us, if you read all of it together, is that 
He knew that you and I would not be able to function as kingdom people without the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit in us. That's why he told the disciples, as he was going back to heaven, he says, don't go anywhere. Don't go anywhere. Don't try to do anything. Don't, don't do anything. Just go back to Jerusalem and wait there because I'm going to send you someone who is going to empower you to do all the things that I've said that you should do and I've commanded you to do and the very things that you're going to go out and teach others to obey, you're going to teach them to obey and they're going to be able to obey simply because of who I'm going to send to you. I'm going to send you the Comforter. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. So don't go doing anything. Don't try to do anything. Don't attempt to do ministry until you are endued with power from on high. That's that you know, you would think that Jesus would have told his disciples with all the things that needed to be done, "Hey, get busy. Get busy." There's things to do and places to go and people to see. No. Go back to Jerusalem and stay there. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to send and I'm going to give you power. Power shall come on you when the Holy Ghost comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. He said, go and wait for the power. How will we know when the power falls? Oh, they knew when the power fell. They knew when the Holy Spirit came. They knew what was going on. And we're not going to talk about that today. I'm simply saying that if when you and I read what Jesus said, if our first thought is, I can't do that, that's the wrong way to think. Because when we read what Jesus said, He didn't say we should do something that He knew would be impossible under any circumstances for us to accomplish. Now, he knew it would be impossible if we tried it ourselves in our own power. But he knew that with the power of the Holy Spirit indwelling us, it would be possible for us to do. Now, we have been, we've been talking quite a bit over the last few weeks about this calling that God has put on us. And last, the last two weeks that I was here, we talked about how we have been called to peace, where we have been called to live lives of peace, where we have been called to live at peace with people, where we, there is peace that comes from the, the knowledge that all is well with our, with our souls, all is well between us and God, so there is a peace that we have with God because He has justified us. And then there is the concept of living at peace with other people, and as Jesus says to us, he, he tells us to, to, to love our enemies and to, and to be at peace. But there is a, there is a phrase here, and, I, and, I, and just as a continuation of this, I want us to look at this phrase that Jesus speaks. It's, it's probably one of the most well-known phrases that Jesus ever spoke. Even if you go out into the world and you ask people, what is this? They can say it. They can quote it. They may not know that it was Jesus that said it. 
but they'll know what it is. In Matthew chapter 7, this phrase fits in, comes in two different places in the Scripture. One in Matthew, one in Luke. So I want to present both contexts to you. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask Him? Here it is. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. So what is that? The golden rule. If you ask anybody you know, most anybody, what is the golden rule? They will say, well, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It's well known. Now, there are some who will say, well, the golden rule is whoever has the gold has the rules or makes the rules, okay? That's not the golden rule. The golden rule is do, unto, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. Now, in, in Luke chapter 6, this phrase appears again in a in a slightly different context of, of Jesus' words. He says here, But I tell you who hear me, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone strikes you on one cheek, turn to him the other also. If someone takes your cloak, do not stop him from taking your tunic. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Now, you say, what's so radical about that? Because if you look into some of the other, into, into other areas and into other, even other religions, well, for instance, Tobit the book of Tobit, which is a part of the Apocrypha, the uh, uh, 12 or 13 books that, the, that most evangelical Christians don't accept as being part of the canon of Scripture. Okay? Now, they are, they are included in, in the Catholic Bible and in some of the Orthodox religions. They include these books as being inspired. Um, we don't in our, in our Bible. But here's what it says. What thou thyself hatest, to no man do. Okay. The Jews in Alexandria said, As you wish that no evil befall you, but to be a partaker of all good things, so should you act on the same principle towards your subjects and offenders. Okay. Confucius said, Confucius say, Confucius say, what you do not want done to you yourself, do not do to others. King Nicocles said, do not do to others the thing which makes you angry. The Greek philosopher Epictetus said, what you avoid suffering yourself, do not afflict on others. The Stoics said, what you do not want to be done to you, do not do to others. 
Buddhism's Udana Varga said, hurt not others in ways that you yourself would find hurtful. Hinduism's Mahabharata says, do not do to others what would cause pain if done to you. And from one of the oldest religions there is that can be dated back a couple thousand years, maybe before uh, the common era, whatever is disagreeable to yourself, do not do to others. So, what is so unique, what is so challenging, what is so different, what is so radical about what Jesus said when all these other religions would appear to be saying practically the same thing? Are they saying the same thing? What is the difference between what they said and what Jesus said? Is there a difference? Yes. Yes. There is a profound difference in what they said. We go back and look at all of these. What are they telling you not to do? Yes, they're telling you what you should not do. If something hurts you, then don't do that to someone else. Now that's not a bad philosophy. That's not something bad that comes your way. But what it is, is what it really amounts to is this. I can hate you, but as long as I don't do anything bad to you, it's okay. You see that? It's, it's okay for me to not like you. It's okay for me to not love you. It's okay for me to just not want to have anything to do with you. It's okay for me to avoid you at all in, in, in all occasions and in all instances, I can just and as long as I don't do anything hurtful to you, as long as I don't injure you in any way, as long as I don't do anything bad to you, as long as I'm being as as long as I'm not causing you any pain or any negativity or anything like that, I am obeying the rules. But with Jesus, that's not good enough. You see what I'm saying? It's not good enough just to avoid causing harm to people that we don't like. Jesus says to us, do unto others, do to others what you would have them do to you. This is not a passive statement. This is not something that tells us to be inactive. This is not something that tells us that we should, if we can just avoid doing harm, then Jesus is going to be happy with us. He is literally telling us here where he said in, in Luke chapter 6, where he said, love your enemies, he's telling us, because some, some of us may be a bit confused about what that means. What does it mean <laughs> to love your enemies? Jesus is telling us right here. Do, do, 
Is there, is there anybody in this room right now today, right here, you're listening to this, is there anybody in this room that doesn't look at that and go, whoa, <laughs> that's radical. I mean, that's off the charts. That's, that's off the wall. That's, that's, that's more than... You, 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 Jesus had to be thinking about something else. Because it goes against everything that we are, that we see. It goes against even some things that we have been taught. How am I supposed to, how am I supposed to love my enemies? Do, do to them, do to your enemies what you would have them do to you. Not just avoid them. No, don't just stay away from them. Don't just not do any harm to them or wish them any ill will. Jesus literally tells us to go to our enemies and do to them what we would want them to do to us. You understand? Now, how are you going to do that? How am I going to do that? How am I going to how am I going to put that into practice? No, you see, it's easy, it's it's easy to stand up here and and preach these words. Except for the fact that as you preach the words, the realization that, that God is speaking to you and telling you that you need to do that. See, it's, it's, it's one thing when you, you may work somewhere. And let's face it, in, in corporate society, there is a, there's a real cutthroat mentality. In, in, many, in many, many businesses, the only thing that matters is the bottom line. If the, the bottom line. And, and anything that goes on, on top of the bottom line is an end, is a means to an end, because the end is down here, the bottom line. That's it. That means you can, you can whatever, whatever you do, here it is. And, and, and not only, not only in the, in the, for the corporation itself, but individuals as well within the corporation. What do you do to the person who sabotages your promotion? What do you do about a competitor who, who spreads falsehoods about your business and how you conduct yourself? What do you do about people who badmouth you and slander you in the break room? What do you do about, about people that will 
without qualm snatch an account right away from you and make it, make it theirs. What do you do? Just avoid them? Well, if that's the way they're going to be, I'm just, going to, I'm just not going to have anything to do with them. I don't, I don't wish them any ill will, but I'm just not going to have any do. But, th- but you can't do that and be a follower of Jesus. You, you understand that? You can't just avoid them and, 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 and live at peace and, and do what Jesus said because Jesus said that what you need to do is you need to go to them and you need to do to them what you would have them do to you. How that, how that manifests itself and unpacks in your life, I don't know. <laughs> how am I going to do that? How is that possible? The only reason that Jesus was able to speak those words to His disciples at the time, which would therefore come to us, was that He knew that we were going to be filled with the Spirit of the living God. How can you do to others what you would have them do for, to you when you don't even like them? How are you going to express love to someone when you don't even like them? See, there are times when love is more than, it's more than just a choice. Or it's more than just a feeling. You see, my, you know, Mary and I, Mary and I have been married now for almost a long time. Um, we've been married almost 48 years. Okay? We've been married almost 48 years. And in that time, there have been moments where she hasn't been very lovable. Now, wait, wait, I'm not done yet. Okay? And as hard as it will be for you to comprehend, there were moments when I wasn't very lovable. I know, knock you over with a feather. <laughs> okay? I got it. I wasn't very lovable. But in those moments, as difficult as they may have been, a choice was made. A choice was made. And we chose to work through it. And we chose to stay together. And we have. And we will. And so it is with with those who are 
contentious with us or those who we would who would be considered enemies there there is maybe not necessarily at the very at the beginning a feeling of love we don't feel like you love them but you can choose to love them and the choice to love them comes from the indwelling presence of the spirit of the living god who is love and it comes from speaking and praying and coming and saying holy spirit i can't love this individual i don't have the strength i don't have what it takes to love this person who did this to me please help me to love them and i'm going to express i'm going to express my love for them as you give me the power to do it by doing to them what that what i would want them to do to me there's no promise in there did you see that there's no promise in there that they'll respond the right way they may still do things to you that they shouldn't do but we have to understand something We're not responsible for what they do. We are only responsible for what we do. Now, I gotta gotta tell you, and you just need to understand this. I don't like that any more than you do. That's too hard. It's too demanding. It takes too much effort. It makes me vulnerable. It puts me in a bad spot. It's not at all what I would prefer to do. The problem is, I've made a determination in my heart. I've made a determination in my mind that by the help of the Holy Spirit, I will be a disciple of Jesus. I will be a follower of Jesus. I will do the things that He shows me in His Word that He expects me to do to the best of my ability with the power of the Holy Spirit I will try to do that. That just adds, it just adds another way where he says, if you want to be in my kingdom, this is how we behave ourselves. Are you with me on this? I mean, when I say are you with me on this, do you agree with me? You don't, you don't like that? You don't like that. You agree with me that that's, that's hard? That's radical? That's over the top? That's, that's, that's crazy. And yet inside us, we feel this, we feel this tug that says, I, Jesus, I, I want to I be more like You. I want to I have that kind of impact on the world. I want that, I want the world to see. And you know what? 
that's even more profound within the body of Christ. When we, didn't even, we didn't even discuss about the profoundness of that in the body of Christ. Of doing unto each other what you would have them do to you when Jesus said this, a new commandment I give you that you love one another. We haven't even talked about that. So, I don't, know, I don't know how this will impact you today. I don't know. You may have to take that home and you may have to mull it over. You may have to, you may have to sit alone somewhere and just pull out your Bible and go to Matthew chapter 7 or, or Luke chapter 6 and you may just have to read those words over again and you may have to sit there and, and just go, I, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know, I'm not sure. And God's not threatened by that by any stretch of the imagination. He would rather have you count the cost, as Jesus said. He would have, rather have you count the cost and come to a determination that I'm going to follow you no matter what the cost is than for you to start to follow him and then fall by the wayside because things got too hard for you. Read, read the, um, the parable of the sower and you will see what Jesus is talking about. Do unto others what you would have them do unto you. That's how you love your enemies. That's how you love your brothers and sisters. It is an active, ongoing, purposeful way of loving people, no matter if they are your friends or whether they are your enemies. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. Lord, the things that we read that Jesus said that make us a part of his kingdom, sometimes they are overwhelming because of the things that we face. The enemies that we face. And yet, Father, you... Your word is so very clear. And so I pray, Father, that each of us will, will take the time to, to ponder and to meditate on how this will impact them. How they, it will manifest itself in their life. What does that mean to them to do unto others as they would, you would have them do to you? Lord, teach us how we can be actively pursuing. Actively pursuing. And loving our enemies and our friends. How can we actively be doing that? so that they see that we are different. The world will see that we are different. And when we live like Jesus does, did, they will be attracted to it. Just as the sinners were attracted to Jesus when He was here on this earth. May it be so in all of our lives. Well, Father, 
before we close, we want to just pray for the ministries of this church and we thank you for the privilege we have to give of our resources into these different ministries. And as we heard, uh, the prison ministry was in a prison last night and 20 people came to know Christ as their Savior. And Father, we're thankful we were part of that. We weren't there. We weren't there in body, but we were there because we gave into this church and this church gives into that ministry. And so that's, we're a part of that. We're a part of the many lives at, that Love Serves is touching in the Dominican Republic. The thousands of lives that are being transformed every day because of the ministry of Love Serves. We're a part of that because we give into that ministry to help make that possible. Thank you for that opportunity. We pray, Father, for the for the ladies at the transitional center. And we know that there are many there that would not profess that Jesus is their Lord and Savior. But we pray, Father, that through the ministry of Chaplain Burke and through the ministry of, of those ladies who are uh, born again and through the ministry of Community Bible Chapel there, Father, we pray that not a single one would ever leave there without knowing Jesus as their Savior. Your Spirit is always at work. And then, Father, we just pray for our missionaries, for Chris Garris, for Todd and Shelley Marks. And each one of them are in a different dynamic right now. And we just pray for them where they are. We just ask you to bless them, to encourage them, to, um, to strengthen them, to give them focus. And Lord, we, just, we thank you for their willingness to serve you in a foreign country. And then finally, we thank you for our daycare, for the staff, for the lives that are being touched, the families that are being impacted. You have given us the opportunity to do this for many, many years now. Some of the original young people that, and children and babies that came here are now grown and graduated from high school. And Lord, we thank you that we've had the opportunity to be an impact in their lives. So Lord, take us from this place today, determined by the power of the Holy Spirit to follow you. And I pray, Lord, that we will do unto others as we would have them do to us. In Jesus' name, amen.